but it's not a pretty genetic, so mm-hmm. I want to take out that bad genetic. Uh, and that was going to be my next question, because the deer are kind of like cattle, and the they're, they're, there's a genetic involved. You know, we can talk about feeding lots of mineral and, and all those things, but that's not going to guarantee you're going to get bigger racks on your deer if you don't have good genetics. You're exactly right. So I would rather shoot, truthfully, and I said it during one of the shows, I would rather shoot a management buck because I would want one of my main breeder bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your main breeder buck then is going to breed more of his and send that more breeder and send that genetic on, which may produce... Who knows what? 180, 200 inch deer. Exactly. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early day presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am in the studio again. Wow. With Redbone. Surprise me. I thought you were going to be on the phone. Yeah. No, I I had to bring you your check, your Christmas card. Well, there you go. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Wish I had one for you, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right up front. Yeah, you shouldn't be paying me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Wayne will not be in the studio. Wayne has had vehicle problems. Yeah, I saw so. that. Yeah, he was on Facebook. He was pretty upset. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's just, what horrible timing. Yeah. I mean, because we're recording on Wednesday, so two days before Christmas, and I've been there, and you have car trouble. Yeah. One time, we had been to St. Louis to visit the in-laws, and I had, I don't remember what year it was, but a Grand Prix, white one, best car ever owned. Absolutely loved it. And we're we're tooling down Highway 63 uh, out of Rolla, and uh, I noticed something just didn't feel just right. And this was on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Christmas, no, Christmas Eve, because we were going to be home in time for Christmas hmm. Day for Santa Claus to come for the kids. We get we get down to about Houston, and something's really not feeling right. Mm-hmm. And we get just about five miles south of Houston, transmission blows up. Yeah. Done. Wouldn't move. That's Christmas a, Eve, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a lot of money. And you think, what kind of timing is this? Yeah. We get tested, don't we? We do. Well, Wayne's being tested right now, and... Uh, Everybody just kind of lift him up, get his vehicle fixed. Uh, I hate it for anybody right here, anytime, especially right here before Christmas, yeah, exactly. to have any kind of problems. You know, I can't help to mention, I see people on social media with loved ones in hospitals and uh, people having issues with COVID, cancer, uh, just, uh, you know, really struggling. I hate yeah. that. Nationwide. I, I hate it for anybody, even my enemies. I, right. I really don't. Uh, my flesh sometimes wants to wish my enemies bad things, but uh, <laughs> then I got to knock myself on the head and say, hey, you can't do that. Right. So we all need to lift everybody up that's struggling right now. And, uh, you know, here we are two days before Christmas. and uh, As we're recording. Yeah, we're recorded. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're going to have a good show. We started out yes, with so, some negativity here, but it just happens. But the show subject matter is late season whitetails. You know, we've had some good shows the past few weeks, man. Oh yeah. You know, uh, predator people are getting into predator hunting, trapping, and you know we got the alternative season coming up here in Missouri on the twenty sixth. Yeah, which when this chair airs is when all people will be out. But but Ali, last week's show with Eddie Owens uh, talking predator hunting, it inspired me. I went out the other day and bought me some uh, Flextone predator calls. Did you? 
Yeah. Yeah, I got my coyote calls. Got your calls. You know, and get out there and start practicing, and then uh, who knows? You know, I may we're be working knocking on, down a coyote for long. We're designing some predator calls in American Roots. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're working on it. So we'll have some predator calls hopefully out by next year. And also want to make mention, any of you going on to YouTube or our website looking for updated TV shows, we went through some issues with several editors that did not uphold their obligations, verbal commitments. So it'll be a little bit. We're working on getting a new editor, and okay. uh, we'll have shows coming back. But our podcast is pretty much the main focus and radio show right now anyway. Yeah, and and we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in each week, uh, whether it be on the radio or on the on the podcast. So, Alex, people got to be careful when you get out to the alternative hunt this weekend because those bucks are dropping the antlers already. They are, they are, and you know, since you brought that up, and I'm glad you did because you know if you're trying to manage your property, you don't want to be shooting your antlerless bucks. Right. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. Here, here's a tip for you here. Carry a good pair of binoculars. Don't scope the deer with a scope with your rifle. Mm-hmm. Or, or I mean, you can, but it's better to have optics. Exactly. You do not want to scope another hunter walking across the field exactly. or whatever. But scope, uh, use optics to observe the animal you're going to shoot. Uh, that's why a lot of people shoot a lot of button bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people, you know, it's okay. you got a right to shoot a button buck. But if you're trying to manage and have more bucks on your property, you can't shoot these bucks that's dropped their antlers or the button bucks. It's yep. pretty simple. Yeah, and, and because those younger bucks are still going to have the body small enough that you're thinking, okay, that's a doe. Yeah. And, and now you've taken out maybe a potential really good buck for years down the road. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and there are ways to tell, Alex. I mean, there's, you know, if they're just dropped, they're going to have blood spots on their head. Exactly. And also you'll see uh, most of your bucks have got a ring around their nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a black, white ring here. And uh, some of your does have some white, but they don't, usually don't have the black ring. Uh, just good, carry a good pair of binoculars. We do, if you care anything about having more bucks on your property, that's all I got to say about that. But I want to say this. Here in the Midwest on my, my property and uh, driving the roads, I have not seen any type of rut activity in over two weeks. No. I've, I've seen a few does by the road. I haven't seen any bucks yeah. along the roads at all. We have seen, Linda had seen a buck uh, at one of our feeding stations uh, the other day that uh, actually a week and a half ago had already dropped an antler. Really? Yeah. So and they it are seems dropping to me it's in. awfully early. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I've got uh, a, a shed that I watched a buck actually knock off to feeder December 8th. Really? Yeah. But here it is. What is it right now? December 23rd. Uh, 20, well, we're recording on the 23rd. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen them drop on the third the 28th. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the 8th of December. It's a pretty good one. Older deer, five and a half, six and a half year old deer. But what causes this early shed drop? Do you know? Uh, well, yeah, it's about the testosterone levels going down. Okay, going down, but also what causes the testosterone levels to go down is a lot of stress. A lot of stress. Yeah, okay. whether it could be lack of food, it could be uh, pressures, uh, it could be from him uh, bucks mating too many does, run him down, right, run down, his immunity. You know, that causes the early shed. Or not knowing what to get his most favorite doe for Christmas. <laughs> That's been my biggest source of stress yeah. for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Linda Bird, I don't know what I'm getting her. She usually <laughs> buys her own stuff, you know. I, I went that yeah. out. I but went I, that route too. But yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so folks, I guess the bottom line to this part of the this segment of the show, and this is about done with this segment. Know what you're shooting if you don't want to shoot an antlerless or a buck without antlers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's about habitat management. It's about having more bucks on your property, trying to keep a balance of does, two to one, two does per every buck on your property. That's, uh, according to biologists, that's that's their uh, common comment or suggestion to landowners if you want to keep a good balance for deer uh, to be healthy and to also have a great response in calling and rattling. We're going to talk about a lot of other things, upcoming segments here, sharing tips with you how to be successful on harvesting deer during late season. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Wise Eye Smart Cams presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge with Mike Crace in the studio here at Thayer, Missouri. Uh, beautiful Thayer, Missouri. Home of the famous Bobcats. Though, well, they're pretty good. Without they are good. Without their, their 5-0 and right now and the number one seed in the Kabul tournament. So, yeah, they're, well, look they're what they've done in their football season, too. I just want to uh, make mention to them. Mention all the high school teams in our areas that listen to us. Kabul, Missouri, the absolutely. Bulldogs. Man, uh, Willow Springs, Bears, Popper Bluff, Cape Girada. Mountain View, Birch Street, yeah, Little Liberty. Bloomsdale over there. Uh, West Dexter. Plains, yeah, West Plains, Popper Bluff. Corning, Arkansas, Mammoth Springs, they, uh, Jonesboro. We got listed Jones, Mountain Home, Salem, Salem, Viola, Arkansas, and Missouri. Big city of Viola, Highland, <laughs> Highland, Viola Longhorns, the number one ranked team in Class One in One A in Arkansas. Ain't that something? Yeah. They are. They are. They, they are good. Yeah, they're good. Well, they're old country country folks, is what they are. They're tough. Yep. Well, that's where the triplets from Dora are playing now too. Oh, they are playing down there. Yeah. Okay. That's where their dad's coaching now. So. Okay. Late season whitetails. Yes. All right. Number one thing is you got to know where your deer are at. Yes. And I would assume right now they're going to be on food. They are going to be on food. Okay. If you have planted food plots and you've done your diligence and created right habitat, you should have deer on the properties that you're hunting. If not, you've got to find these deer. And how are you going to find them? If you're in big timber, how are you going to find them, Redbone? How am I going to find them? Uh, I'm going to put up my trail cameras. Okay. <laughs> For one. Trail cameras in targeted areas that has food. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of hardwoods out there. It's still got an acre mass still left. So if you're in big timber, uh, look for your big crowns in the timber. Mm-hmm. You'll do some walking. Uh, you'll see where the leaves are all tore, tore up, ruffled up. You'll see the empty holes, cracked holes. And you'll see deer tracks. You'll see droppings under these areas. But deer also love to eat browse right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honeysuckle, look for honeysuckle patches. That's a good late season food source. And uh, you find these areas, you'll find your deer. And that's where your trail cameras come in. And mm-hmm. Wise Eye is one of our sponsors. And I tell you what, Redbone, uh, I'm not trying to hard sell anybody, but I believe in Wise Eye. I am truly impressed with it. Sold on him, huh? So, why, uh, Wayne's got one. He's getting pictures from his. He's getting over 100 pictures a day. Uh, I don't get that many. I don't know why he's getting 100 pictures. But anyway, that's what he said. But anyway, uh, the Wise Eye does the scouting for you. And what I like about it is it sends it right to your laptop, your computer, uh, the, within minutes of when that animal's there. Yeah. Now, have you got your setup to, to put your pictures in folders? Yeah. Separating but, bucks? No, from, they do it for you. Well, I, I know that. Well, yeah. they set it up to do it for you. Yeah. It's okay. all set up. So what it does, it takes pictures of deer. Mm-hmm. It'll file, it creates a format for them, a file. Then over here, you got another one for hogs. Right. But it will take pictures of deer that's small out there at a distance, they mm-hmm. think is a hog. Ah. Uh, then they got turkeys, and it will not put deer in with turkeys unless they're together. Huh. So uh, it categorizes that. Mm-hmm. Then you got other. That could be predators or could be deer way mm-hmm. off or whatever. Coon, they yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does all the scouting for you. You can sit in your office or whatever your job may be, and all of a sudden your phone will beep and look there. Then you got pictures. And uh, <laughs> kind of like right now, I'll show it to you, Redbone. I got pictures all day today. I'm going to my hunt control app. I click on it, and look what pat pops up. I hmm. got new. I got new listings right now showing me deer's there. Look now, at now, have you tagged a particular deer on your farm or buck or something? I've, that- I've only captured two bucks in the last three weeks on my camera. Wow. The rest is does. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back to our subject matter. Using the cameras does the scouting for you, and it creates a graph, separates some files and pictures. But it also creates this graph, tells you the best time to be there where this camera's at to harvest that deer or these deer. Wow. Really is pretty amazing. Now, think about it. You don't have to walk in there. So you're not contaminating and running the deer out. Exactly. Your camera's doing all the work for you. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. So in a way, it's like almost like cheating, <laughs> you know, Look, you kind of feel that way. Yeah. And, and, and Alex, and, and the thing is, when we had the folks from Wise Eye on talking about us, uh, you know, they said they've got more coming. Oh, they do. More technology. But oh, these cameras do. are going to be equipped just for an update yeah. on the same camera. You'll just download an update. They sent me a solar panel. Okay? Oh, really? And I've got my trail camera on a telephone pole. And mm-hmm. all I did is uh, put two screws in, put a bracket up, set my uh, solar, solar panel, panel up, and I never have to ever put batteries in it again. Yeah, see, that's cool. So I set my camera in an area that I know deer will frequent over the Eagle Seed smorgasbord mm-hmm. food plot, mm-hmm. but also turkey strut there. So ah. it'll stay there all year. So the plan, you pay a monthly plan. You can right. any plan you want from $15 to $200 a month. Right. Uh, but anyway. I think we've talked enough on that, but if you want to be on top of the subject matter, killing deer, turkeys, whatever it is, even predator hunt. We talked to Eddie Owens about using trail cameras on predator paths, mm-hmm. you know, to know mm-hmm. what couch are there, what areas are really active, you know, they really come in handy. You can also use it as a home security system. Well, oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're when you don't have it in the woods, put it up on your house and yeah. you'll know who's coming to your front door. Yeah. So here we go. We got the deer found. We use our tra- trail cameras to find the deer. We know they're in the area. Uh, now, what's the next step to being successful? Well, we got to play the win. We got to be scent free, and that's where it comes into gu- using a great elimination product. And uh, as you all know, Texas Raised Hunting Products is one of our sponsors. And in my opinion, of thirty-five years in the outdoor industry, I believe they've come out with the best scent elimination product out there. Yeah, everybody raves about it. Oh, well, you got people, even Tim Rowland, uh, mm-hmm. my boss I work with, he couldn't believe the deer he saw this year. He started using it, spraying everything down. He listened to me, his boots, gloves, everything. And he said, Alex, I, I couldn't believe what I saw. He said, I saw more interaction, vocalization than I ever saw. <laughs> he sent free. Yeah. He said he had deer within 20 feet of him. Yeah, and deer coming in, you know, really close like that sticking downwind. A, and sticking their head in the blind and stuff. <laughs> with, you know, just crazy stuff. But but anyway, being sent free, using the right approach to go to your setup, whether it's a ground blind, a tree stand, uh, however you may hunt, without pushing deer out of there. The thing is, uh, if we really knew how many deer we bumped, Going into our hunt location, I think it would surprise people. Yeah, especially when you go in before daylight. Exactly. I like to go in right at breaking light. You hear me talk that, and mm-hmm. you, yeah, so I can kind of see what's going on. If I need to slip or hide or change my direction, I can. Uh, I don't like going in the dark, but if I ever do, I will use a red lens flashlight. Mm-hmm. That will not bother them. Right. And uh, uh, I've done it. Many hundreds, thousands of times. But yeah. What about the green lens? Do you ever yeah, use the, the green, green lens? lens will work too, but I'd rather use the red. It just doesn't scare them. Uh, that being said, we're set up now. We know where the deer are coming into the food sources. Then you just choose what you want to shoot. Uh, again, if you want to shoot a doe, remember, a lot of these older does will be pregnant and they'll have fetuses in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got a right to shoot them. Mm-hmm. But probably if I was going to shoot a meat deer, I'd shoot a young deer, a young right. doe. Right. Yeah. Uh, depending on the amount of deer that I have within the area, we're going to talk about uh, controlling the numbers on your property of which deer you should shoot if you want less deer. What age group of does? We're going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk more about late season deer and how to make your property better and manage your deer. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Texas Raised Hunting Products presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, your host, Alex Rutledge owner of American Roots Outdoors, LLC, in the studio with Redbone Mike Crace. And Redbone and I are talking late season whitetail hunting. And the subject matter we was talking about uh, on the last segment was how to create better numbers and balance the numbers on your property. And I know you're chomping at the bit to ask some questions. Yeah. What's one of the questions you think that our listeners would love to know 
to, to help their property to balance their numbers. Yeah, and, 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 and I do have a question concerning that. But first, I want to address something you said in the last segment. And that was talking about the shooting older. If you shoot older does, they may have fetuses. They may be bred deer. And uh, I saw somebody put that on social media the other day, and somebody responded with this. If you killed a doe in November, chances are she was already bred as well. That's exactly right. So what so, happens you is, know, good question, yeah. good comment. Uh, so what happens is we're talking biology, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, a doe comes into estrus, and she'll mm-hmm. usually stay in estrus for 24 hours, according to biologists. Mm-hmm. She is not conceived during that 24 hours. Yeah, she'll come in again. Coming again 30 days later. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of does that's getting bred in October, more than you realize here in the Midwest. So what happens is if they're getting bred then and you shoot one in December, the fetus is a month month old, the fetuses. So here's the deal. We all hate to shoot a doe that may have infants in her. I say infants, uh, babies inside of her. Uh, Infant is the correct word. Uh, But if you're wanting to control the numbers, you've got way too many does. And I've talked to biologists all over the U.S., and I'll never forget one biologist that told me, if you've got too many deer, I'm going to ask you a question. I just to see what your knowledge is. Should you shoot a yearling, two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old? Which deer should you shoot to help control your numbers better? I said, probably the older doe, the six-year-old. That would be my answer as well. He said, wrong. I said, why would I be wrong? He says, because usually your older does usually only produce one fawn. Ah, there you go. And he said, your medium age, two and three and four-year-olds are the most healthiest does usually in the area. So focus They're on going killing to have twins two or triplets. Yeah. So if you want to reduce the numbers, harvest the healthiest does. Well, there you go. See, that's why they're biologists and we're just on the radio. Yeah. But, you know, it's good to know these things, especially if you have a passion of managing your property. And that's what we want to share with everybody here on American Roots is to help you make your property better and help you become a more successful hunter, especially with all the guests we have. We all have different types of guests. We always want to send a positive message here throughout our show. So that's what you want to do. Uh, Another thing you can do, and you hear me talk about a lot, I shot a management buck. My opinion is a management buck. Mm -hmm. A lot of mass, 16, 17 inches wide, short tines, uh, big four-and-a-half-year-old deer. More than likely, he he would never have a real huge scoring rack. Right. But it's not a pretty genetic, so mm-hmm. I want to take out that bad genetic. Uh, and that was going to be my next question because uh, deer are kind of like cattle, and the, they're they're there's a genetic involved. You know, we can talk about feeding lots of mineral and and all those things, but that's not going to guarantee you're going to get bigger racks on your deer if you don't have good genetics. You're exactly right. So I would rather shoot truthfully, and I said it during one of the shows. I would rather shoot a management buck as I would one of my main breeder bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your main breeder buck then is going to breed more of his and send that more genetic. breeder and send that genetic on, which may produce 
Yeah. Who knows what? 180, 200 inch deer. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's all about management if you're wanting to manage. But, you know, I'm not on here ridiculing or criticizing anybody that don't like management. They got a right to do what they want. Sure. It's kind of like me vote for who I want to vote for, and you can vote who you want to vote for. You can believe the way you want to believe. But, uh, again, the whole point of America Roots is in positiveness. Yeah. So and I think everybody wants to manage. I really think they do. You know, if they own property. I mean, yeah. and, and I don't own property to hunt on, but I still like to observe all the things that you would do as a hunter going to somebody else's farm. Yeah. I also hunt that like it was my own, and I'm going to try and help them manage. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they manage, it's going to help their success. Exactly. And it's kind of, again, we're going to reflect back to what you said, like managing cattle. Mm-hmm. If we keep a good gene going on in that area, and, you know, I've always said this. If I see a three-and-a-half-year-old eight-point, he's probably going to be an eight-point or a four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, usually. Uh, I usually try to take out the eight points at four-and-a-half years old. Yeah. At what age will they start going backwards as far as antler size? Well, it depends, depends on the on? region, area. You know, yeah. up winter, you know, the northern states, they, they have a, a stronger genetic up there. And immunity, and it seems like your northern states where the winters are really cold, you'll have a lot larger deer Mm -hmm. body-wise, and like Kansas and Iowa and and North Dakota, Nebraska. All those deer are 300 pounds on the hoof if they're mature. But isn't a lot of that food, I mean— because they're eating wheat fields and corn well, fields and soybean fields. What well, happened like is Illinois it's God's was... way of eliminating the weak and the strong right. survive. Right. Yeah. So to answer your question, when do they start going downhill yeah. with their antler growth? Mm-hmm. It depends. So I would say here in Missouri in the Ozark region, northern Arkansas, I'd say they start going downhill eight and a half years old. That's really? That long? Yeah. Eight and a half. Wow. I shot a deer. Uh, on film, uh, some of our listeners may remember this or watched it on YouTube or, or Pursuit Channel. We was airing there when I had Bloodline, a, a buck that I called him uh, Sky 8. I remember Sky 8. Man, he was real super tall, yeah, 24 yeah. inches tall, only about 15 inches wide. And I'll never forget his late season food source hunt like now mm-hmm. in December. And I stroked him over a food plot and... Uh, he died. That deer, we aged him. I had trail camera pictures of him in 2004, and he was a three-and-a-half-year-old. And I killed him like in 2000. I can't remember what year it was. Let me think a minute. He yeah. was a four-and-a-half-year-old in 2004, and I think I killed him in 2012. That's oh, when wow. I killed him. So well, he think was about that. He was ten over 10 years old. I see, we don't think about deer getting that old. Yeah, I tell you one sign that you can usually tell about a deer going downhill. Most of these deer that are past six and a half, seven and a half, you'll see their G twos are usually shorter than their G threes. Okay, that's the first one to start going down. Yeah, the G twos. Okay. Yeah, we're touching on some great information here for y'all, and again, I'm just sharing my opinions and things that I've learned talking to biologists, and that again is what we want to do is share positiveness. Throughout our shows, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we got the fourth segment coming up of the show. Final segment. Oh, it's the final segment? Yeah, fourth segment. Then we got a bonus segment coming up after that. Don't yeah. go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy, Alex Rutledge, with American Roots Outdoors. Oh, 
and good Passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoor, our fourth segment. And it sounds like Wayne got his truck to the auto mechanics, the Phillips Truck Repair in Birch Tree, Missouri, Redbone. So yep. he's on the line with us, Wayne. I heard you had truck trouble. Yeah, hold on a sec. I gotta, I gotta dry my eyes and clear my throat here. <laughs> Nothing like uh, losing your truck two days before Christmas, but. Uh, Hey, it is what it is. It could be worse, I guess. Well, we're going to create a GoFundMe for you, Wayne, to help you for this truck. <laughs> Since you posted it on Facebook, we figured that's what you was indicating. So we've created a GoFundMe page for Wayne Lack <laughs> to help him buy a new truck. <laughs> well, create one for uh, me, too. Yo, me, too. Yeah. So, I, I don't even need a new truck, folks. I'm not greedy. I mean, but, man, I, I, the last time this happened, and it, it's the exact same thing that happened uh, about a year ago this time, and it ended up being a sensor, and the way the Nissan Titan has their sensors, this one particular sensor, it controls like six different things, and it's a $300 sensor. So they need to figure out what it caused it to go again within one year. Wayne, hmm. Wayne, Wayne, you need to buy a Chevy. I know where you're going to Buy go. a Chevy. You won't have go. that problem. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... Welcome back to the show. Fourth segment, Wayne Locks on here, are one of our brand ambassadors and uh, pretty much uh, co-host everything we're doing and producer of the podcast. Uh, Wayne, what's some tips that you have for some of the muzzleloader hunters that's going to come out there? You like to muzzleload. Let's talk muzzleloading here on this segment here. And what is your favorite muzzleloader to shoot? What grain of powder do you use? And what grain of bullet do you shoot? And what kind of bullet? Well, that, that's pretty simple for me. I've been using the same muzzle loader for probably the past 10 years, and that's the CVA Wolf. Um, I can't even tell you how many number of deer I've put down with that thing. Now, being a, from Ohio, we weren't allowed to use rifles, so you either used your bow or you used muzzle loader or a shotgun. And uh, muzzle loader was always one of my favorites. Loved it, but I did all my hunting was done in the woods, so my furthest shot was you know probably 40 to 50 yards. With the muzzle loader, so it'll be a whole different ball game here in Missouri, Alex. Because you know my uh, my my uh, pathway that goes along my property there, I got easily a you know 150 yard shot with no problem. So uh, going to have to change the way I do things. I do iron sights. I don't do a scope. Mm-hmm. As a lot of people do. So, but, yeah, the muzzle loaders yeah, especially. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of getting back to your roots. Yeah, that's iron sights, muzzle loader. Yeah, yeah. Do it old oh, school. I, I love it. I love it. But uh, yes, but I have I'll have full confidence in shooting 150 yards, you know. Because Alex, like you know, I mean, I've been using the Hornady 
uh, muzzleloading, you know, Sabbath there for quite a few years now, the rifled ones and, uh, uh, or excuse me, not rifles, but the uh, smooth bore, it's a hollow point, and absolutely love it. Uh, they put the uh, little wax in the tip, so it mm-hmm. gives me a great trajectory, and uh, I'm not spotting bullseyes. I, every, year I, every year I sighted it for 100 yards. I don't know why, because my furthest shot probably in the last five or six years with my muzzleloader has been 40 yards. But, uh, I mean, that thing will peg, you know, darts at 100 yards with no problem. What tips have you got to give our, our listeners on uh, tuning in that, that muzzleloader and getting ready for your hunt? Oh, that, that's my best, biggest and best tip I can give anybody is dress warm. Because if you're muzzleloader <laughs> hunting, it means you're in cold weather. Dress warm, dress in layers. And practice your muzzleloader with what you're going to hunt in. I can't stress that enough. And it's the same with archery. We talk about that all the time. But with muzzleloader, rifle, shotgun, no matter what you're using, if you don't practice in what you're going to wear, you're going to bring that muzzleloader up, and you're going to find it's nowhere near where you were sighting in when you were just wearing your T-shirt on in that nice sunny day. Yeah. And the thing about shooting iron sights, Alex, is, is, is that changes as the weather changes. I mean, you have to be aware of that because on a really cold day, I mean, the sights are metal, and they're going to expand. And, and so, you know, there's a little bit of difference there, so you've got to kind of find a happy medium. My, my big question is, is shot placement different using your muzzleloader than it is when you shoot your rifle? You want to answer that, Wayne? I find no difference in it. Just take that shoulder out, that left front shoulder, it ain't going to go nowhere. Left front, right front shoulder, wherever you're at, just take that front shoulder out, it ain't going nowhere. It'll drop them right there. Yeah, I like I, I I when I muzzleload and I killed my biggest deer of my life with a muzzleloader hunting with my good friend Ben Platner in Illinois. I'll never forget it. I uh, shot the 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 buck, hundred gross score one seventy four, and we filmed it for our show. And I shot the deer behind the shoulders, perfect lung shot. The deer ended up running over two hundred and fifty yards and dying 80 yards in front of Craig Morgan's tree stand. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, wow. muzzleloading, you know, you got to hit them just right. And uh, sometimes you can lung shoot one even with a rifle and they'll do that. So, mm-hmm. a lot of it too is on the expansion of the bullet and the type of bullet you're shooting. The bullet, uh, I went to Hornady's uh website right now and i'm pulling up and they got the bore driver ftx it's a fast and easy to load the bore driver ftx delivers an ultimate in muzzleloader performance and uh, i'm pulling up the information here and the information on it's fast and easy to load the bore driver ftx delivers the ultimate in muzzleloader performance at the heart of the system is a polymer base not a sabot that seals the bore to deliver maximum energy transfer and accuracy Atop the base is the FTX bullet, features a rugged gilding metal jacket coupled with a patented flex tip technology, an interlock ring that delivers maximum lethality. When you have one shot this muzzleloader season, make it count. Use the best Hornady bore driver. It's 50 cal, 290 grain bullet. So, yeah. The bigger the bullet, the more energy you have. Uh, depending on how much power you have, with it, more knockdown. Yeah, more knockdown power. The lighter the bullet you shoot, uh, the faster the bullet will be, uh, depending, again, how much power you have mm-hmm. and the type of bullet you shoot. So 
We appreciate everybody listening to American Roots Outdoors radio show. We're going to the bonus segment, and Wayne's going to talk about that. Yeah, to hear the bonus segment, just go to your favorite podcast carrier, whether it be uh, Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, you name it, we're on it. There ain't one that we're not on right now, and uh, just tune in there, subscribe, make sure you leave us a review, because we draw reviews almost on a weekly basis and give away prizes on that review. Um, I know Mr. Clark is uh, extremely excited. He did get his Wise Eye camera the other day in the mail, and you probably saw that on Facebook and that. He's one excited puppy. That Christmas came early was a title on his uh, his post. But, uh, yeah, to get in there, just make sure you leave us a review. Leave your name, full name on the review along with the state you're from. We will locate you, when you if you are drawn as a winner. Everybody here at American Roots, we want to thank you again for listening to the radio show. And again, as he said, you want to hear the bonus segment, you got to go to the podcast. Go to your favorite podcast carrier and look up American Roots Outdoors. We thank you for listening. And Redbone, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Hornady presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. This is the bonus segment. And if you're listening, you have clicked on your favorite podcast career, and you are now listening to the bonus segment. And Wayne Locke just explained uh, some tips for you all in the last segment of the show, if you listen to that, on how he muzzleloads and what his favorite powder is, uh, how many grains of powder he used, favorite bullet. Uh, What I want to do in this segment, Wayne Redbone, is I want each one of you to share one of your secrets to killing bucks during late season. That sounds good, Alex, but before we do that, I do want to make a correction to everybody. I said 150 grains. Uh, it's actually 250 grains that I shoot, not 150, and I apologize. The uh, my, my truck getting towed and everything got you me stressed. a little uh, frazzled right now, so <laughs> sorry. Okay. Understandable, Wayne. Understandable, Understandable. buddy. You, you're all right. Yeah. But anyway, what is your secret to killing late-season bucks? And I know you've hunted mostly Ohio. Uh what is your secret that you can share with our listeners to help them be productive and successful on a late season buck? Oh, uh, again, the biggest tip I can get for finding your bucks would be making sure you do the proper scouting at the end of your season the year before. Because then you're going to know where your bucks are going to be the next year, so long as pretty much everything stays the same. We're going to make the assumption that your food sources stay the same, your watering stays the same. Then the deer will be in generally the same area the following year. But that, you know, because while you're out there and you're looking for sheds, look for those late-season signs. So, yeah, you see your rubs and stuff, and that'll help you, you know, to where you're going to put your stand for an earlier season during the rut. But while you're out there looking for your uh, antlers and that now, you know, when they start falling off, Look for those trails that are being used now because those are the trails you're going to want to mark on your GPS so you know where to set up for late season the next year. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I I would, I'm not, I think that's a great tip. I always pay attention to old sign. Redbone, anything you want to add to that? Well, the thing I want to add, Alex, is, you know, these these bucks are just coming off the rut. They're just coming off the breeding season. They're tired and they're hungry. 
and they're going to be in their bedding area and the food source. They're not traveling much. They're not going to travel very far. They're going to bed close to the food. They're going to go to the food. They're going to eat. They're going to go back to bed. They're going to get some water. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, if you're setting up, you know, and, and you got to get within that muzzleloader range, you've got to set up on between that food source and that bedding area, depending on which way the wind's blowing. And depending how run down the bucks are that you're hunting sure. from the rut, they might not be traveling a quarter of a mile. Yeah, and the old mature bucks are going to be closer than the young bucks that had a little more energy. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. So that being yeah. said, slipping into your location during this late season Ultra is important. crucial. Yeah, crucial. Uh, crucial, crucial, crucial. Something yep. I like to do to find late season bucks, everybody, and there is bucks that still carrying their antlers right now. Remember, as long as he's carrying his antlers, he can still have the urge to want to breed. And a little trick that I've done, and it's worked, I go back in and start creating scrapes. Really? Yeah. Any of these bucks, it still has the urge to breed. And if you put out a good scent, like Texas Raised mm-hmm. Hunting Products, Texas Raised Hunting Products. Uh, Scrape King, uh, Inflamed Doe, uh, it's going to create interest and create a spark with a buck to come and check it out. And what you want to do is take your trail cameras, set your trail cameras over these scrapes that you've created or an old scrape and reactivating it, and you'll create a, a, a curiosity for these bucks to come in. And if you start freshening it up every other day without busting the deer, moving the deer out of there, you could actually create a buck to come into that location to close the deal. Is calling yeah. in, in play at all? It's calling and play. It can be, yeah, because uh, some of the bucks are still breeding right now. We have a lot of listeners down in Texas. There are ruts going on right oh, yeah, now. Yeah. Oklahoma, Mississippi, there are ruts going on right now. Exactly. Yeah. exactly yeah. So I want to tell all the listeners out there, be using lures. Be using calls right now. If you got bucks that's uh, sinking, cruising, you see one, you grunt at him, Wayne, you know, on a dime. You've, oh, seen, yeah. them, you've seen them respond to us calling, and they come right to you. You good grunt call? We yep. make grunt calls. Go to our website, www.americareachoutdoors.com. We'll get you taken care of. Wayne, you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I want to tag off of what you were saying about the uh, the does coming in estrus and that. And that's kind of a misconception. When you talk to a lot of hunters, they, they think there's only two estrus cycles. That is your your your, your, your big one that you have generally in the beginning of November. And then they say, well, there's one more in December. And that's not that. Yes, that is true. But there's actually more to the, to that. That's right. Uh, you know, biologically speaking, and that is when a doe, when a, a, a fawn doe reaches the eighty pounds, it will come in the heat. And so, if you had a doe that was born late, uh, mid late summer, you know, from a late breed, and that doe doesn't reach the eighty pound mark until mid January, that doe is then going to go into heat. Exactly. Every thirty days. So that's, yes. Yeah, so you, they just got to keep that in mind. There's not just two. It's whenever a doe beca- reaches 80 pounds, that's when that doe's going to go in heat. According to biologists. Um, so, yeah, definitely yeah. correct. Yeah. So, finding your deer is the key to this late season hunting here in the Midwest. The rut's still going on Mississippi, yep. Alabama, uh, Louisiana. Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. All the southern states. Uh, guys be rattling, be calling, using grunt calls. Use your trail cameras to find these deer. Let them do the work for you. And I just want to say this. When I do these late season mock scrapes, uh, now that I've got me a wise eye camera, I'm excited. Uh, I know the lures work, and I'm excited to get a buck to coming into my targeted area where I want to close the deal. So, right. Hey, another thing. 
uh, Alex, that we that Redbone and uh, all of us were talking about just a few weeks ago, and that is if you have a farmer, if you're not a farmer yourself and you're hunting on someone else's property or farmer's property, and they're growing soybeans or corn, and they're willing to leave a little standing for you, that is where you need to be during muzzleloader. You're season. right. You're right. Yeah. Because they're after that high energy to stay warm, uh, and if you got standing soybean or standing corn somewhere, you're, that's where your bucks are going to be. Exactly. Here's another trick, too. All you folks that hunt late season, uh, your food plots, you can go back and say, well, the weather's still nice here in the Midwest uh, sometime in October and give it a little burst more uh, burst of uh, fertilizer, and that'll help mm-hmm. your food plots uh, thicken, grow more, and produce more forage for the late season that's happening now. So those are our tips and our tricks here with American Roots Outdoors. Man, it's been a good show. Uh, Wayne, we're praying to help you get that truck fixed. Uh, I've created that fund me, go fund me account. <laughs> Where would you want the money I'm going to go buy a scratch off and see if I can win. Uh, <laughs> hey, I bought a $20 <laughs> one and lost yesterday. Man, I hated that. But, uh, hey, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. And a Happy New Year. And remember the reason for this season. It's all about Jesus Christ coming to earth, dying for you and I, and uh, arising three days after staying in the tomb. Something you want to say, Redbone, Wayne? No, just Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope your your Christmas, uh, as you're hearing this on Saturday, was great yesterday. And if you're still celebrating, uh, be safe. Be safe out on the roads and the highways. And, uh, uh, yeah, just Merry Christmas. Miss you know Nina what, Wayne? My whole family. Wayne, I've got some uh, Hornady bullets, muslin bullets, that I would be glad to give away to a, a listener on this podcast. That sounds great. There you go. If you are listening to this, make sure you leave us a review of Saying that you want to be entered into the muzzle loader contest, and we'll uh, we'll let's say we draw in uh, two weeks. There you have it, folks. Okay. Thank you again for listening to us. Follow us. Go to our website. Go to our social media. America Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge on Instagram. Alex underscore Rutledge sixty four. Uh, Wayne Locke on social media. Redbone Mike Crace on social media. Please. Send us comments. Listen to our podcast. Again, we will have the YouTube shows, and our show's coming back to Hunt Channel as soon as we can get an editor lined up. God bless you all. Be safe. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.